0: Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equity Mates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. Need a lot of brains in this, but investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own. Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I mean, I buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time.
1: Welcome to Get Started Investing. In this podcast, we cover all the basics that you need to start your investing journey. Are you joining us for the very first time? Is this the start of your investing journey? Well, before you dive into this episode, our feed is designed to go from the very beginning. So we suggest that you scroll up to episode one and start from there. However, if you are feeling brave and just wanna dive in with us, then of course, don't let us stop you. Here at Get Started Investing, we unpack all of the jargon and the confusing bits. We hear your investing stories with the goal of making investing less intimidating. And of course, we like to have a good time along the way. My name is Bryce. And as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you
2: going? I'm very good, Bryce. Uh, excited for this episode. We're talking about inflation, which is fitting because nothing is more inflationary than your GSI opening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you have 10% no- a year, <laughs> 10% a
1: year. And if you uh, have no idea what we're talking about when it comes to inflation, have no fear. Inflation is here, but we're going to cover it <laughs> in a second. But before we jump in, a bit of housekeeping. Uh, each year we have our community survey, which really helps us to understand more about you so that we can make better content f- for you over the next coming year. And the survey is now live. It, uh, the link is in the show notes. It's also available on our Instagram page in our bio. And uh, it's only going to take you 15 minutes. If you complete the survey, you go in the draw to win 500 bucks. So if there's anything that you're going to do this week, it would be great if one of those things is to fill out our community survey.
2: Yeah, it helps us uh, and if you enjoy this show, any of the other shows in our network, uh, if you want to help us direct our content decisions and uh, everything else we're doing, it is a massive help. It's the most helpful thing you could do if you've had – found any value in any of the dribble that we've put out on podcast for the last four and a half years. <laughs> but let's get into today's episode because this is a big topic uh, and a topic that is capturing a lot of headlines. It is. Inflation. Yes. So we're going to cover what it is, where we're actually seeing it, and then what's an investor to do. Which? What's
1: is, an investor to do? That's
2: really the question. That,
1: that's the key.
2: Let's start at the very beginning for people that may have heard the term and instantly tuned out because it's a pretty boring topic. Inflation. And it's reported in an incredibly boring way. Yeah. Hit me with a price.
1: Inflation. And you can't be boring. <laughs> <laughs> inflation refers to the overall rise in prices of goods and services in the economy. Boring. Yes. That's it in a nutshell. There's nothing complicated about it. If you feel overwhelmed and confused, it's the inflation of price.
2: Yeah, prices rise in an economy. You remember when your grandparents would say yeah. milk used to cost five cents and uh, you could get beer, a beer in the pie, the footy was five dollars yeah. and yeah. now you're like, Well, the beer alone's fifteen. Yeah. That's inflation. That's inflation. Prices rise in an economy and that's good. That's a part of life and you wanna see that. That's healthy. Two to three percent a year is what uh, governments around the world aim for. But right now we're seeing numbers that are far higher than that. Mm. And when we say two to three percent a year, what we mean, the central bank uh, gets, and economists get a basket of goods that we generally buy: the milk, bread, school fees. I don't actually know everything that goes into it, to be honest. Clothes, not petrol?
1: No, not petrol.
2: Not real estate, not housing
1: not housing, yeah. all these things that should be in it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, your electricity bills, your water bills, basically things that we spend money on and they measure the change in that that basket of goods every year. That's how they measure inflation. So they want to see it go up a little bit. That's a sign of a healthy economy, but they don't want it to go up massively. That's the sign of inflation that could become a concern. Yeah. So... This is going to sound like we immediately have come. There's been no break, but there has been because Bryce wanted to find exactly what was in the basket of goods. Uh, turns okay. out that it's hard to find. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> there are 11 uh, – so this is in Australia, but it's, it's broadly reflective of wherever you are in the world. There are 11 groups uh, of spending – food and non-alcoholic beverages, alcohol and tobacco. That would be a big waiting for you. No, Uh, clothing, Clothing and footwear, housing, furnishings, household equipment and services, health, transport, communication, recreation and culture, education, insurance and financial services. So they're the 11 categories. And then if you read down on the Australian Bureau of Statistics website, they start talking about... 87 expenditure classes that they group things into, and that's where I get a little bit lost. Yeah. That's basically it. They basically try and measure all your spending. Yeah. As a general everyday consumer. Yes. So, Bryce, we've said that governments aim for 2 to 3%, but more than 2 to 3% is bad. Explain that. Why is it bad?
1: Uh, it is bad because it erodes the value of your cash really quickly.
2: Okay. That doesn't sound good. That, that doesn't kind sound of good.
1: Yeah. If inflation is is too high, the what you can buy today becomes far less. Uh, your purchasing power becomes less in the future, and so if your salary is not rising in line with inflation, um, you, you're essentially able to buy less and less. And if that is at extraordinary levels, it's it's not a good thing.
2: It really hurts. Lower earners as mm. well, and it really can exacerbate inequality. If you um, aren't getting big pay rises to keep up with inflation, your money buys less and less, and that can be really harmful to consumers. And then that has flow on effects to the broader economy because then people aren't spending as much, and then that affects businesses, that in affect, affects consumer confidence. Yeah, it, it can, and then that can sort of ripple through the economy. If mm. people aren't spending as much, then uh, perhaps businesses have to cut employees at the same time because there's inflation. Employees are asking for higher salaries. That squeezes businesses on both both sides, um, and so it can have have pretty harmful ripple effects to the economy uh, throughout the economy. Or you see a wage-price spiral, which is where you see high inflation. So businesses raise their wages, what they're paying, but then prices keep rising, and then wages keep rising. And you don't want to see that either. No. So, a little bit of inflation is healthy, but too much of infl- of inflation can really hurt consumers um, and especially consumers on lower incomes.
1: Yeah. That 2 to 3% band is the healthy band that central governments try to maintain, the inflation rate. But we are seeing inflation around the world at a higher level than that 2 to 3% band, which is why you're likely to be seeing the word inflation in headlines all around the world. So globally, inflation numbers. Let's have a look. America uh, is pumping out inflation at 7%. So what does that actually mean? It means the price of this basket of goods compared to 12 months ago has increased 7%.
2: Yeah. So things in America are 7% more expensive or seen another way your money can buy 7% less than it could a year ago.
1: And if you haven't received a pay rise to the extent of 7%, then you can immediately see that you're having to pay more for things now than you were 12 months ago and you're worse off.
2: Mm. So America captures headlines with 7% uh, for 2021. It actually, in the most recent numbers, was higher than 7%. Yeah, uh, The UK, 5.4%. Australia, 3.5%. So not, so not too bad compared to the rest of the world. South Africa, 4.4%. New Zealand, 5.9%. You can see the trend here. Wherever you are in the world, inflation is a story. And some of the the reporting out of the UK uh, was pretty pretty heartbreaking. The households in the UK are suffering the biggest fall in income in three decades. Mm. One in 10 households do not have enough money for food. And the use of food banks is soaring. Now obviously that's not only because of inflation. There's a lot deeper economic issues at play in the UK at the moment, but inflation can have a really amplifying effect on inequality. Mm, mm,
1: yeah, not great to see uh, to see those statistics coming out of the UK.
2: And we, we'll get to the investing side of it later. But that is particularly the case for those that own investments and those that don't.
1: So, Ren, let's have a look at the sectors in which we're seeing a lot of this price inflation coming through in the economy.
2: Yeah, well, we over on Equity Mates, we did an episode that released, came out yesterday on the oil industry because oil prices are just going bananas at the moment. Yeah. Um, when oil and gas prices hit all-time highs, uh, that has a real flow-on effect to the rest of the economy because as much as we don't like to think about it, oil is in everything. Mm. It moves everything. It powers everything. It is involved in everything. Mm. And so when oil price is high, every business is exposed to that in some way and they're paying more and then they pass those prices on.
1: It's just that ripple effect straight through to the consumer Uh, which is unfortunately you and I, Ren.
2: So to give you some context, uh, one of the benchmark oil prices, West Texas Intermediate, you don't need to worry about what that is, but the price of oil opened 2022, $64, is now in the mid-90s. So it's up over 40% in like six weeks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's, uh, reason one that the cost of energy – is increasing
1: that's one and you might not have felt that in, in your hip pocket I reckon as, anyone as, that drives a car of is course. feeling it if you're yeah. driving a car I don't own a car uh, haven't felt it well, my, actually I do own a car actually now that I think about it but um,
2: Bryce owns the <laughs> I never drive most the car. beaten up car <laughs> for a guy that's like a bit of a, you nah, know, no, a clean no. cart uh, always looking sharp <laughs> no, his no. car is let's say his car is much more a Wren than a Bryce <laughs> through, no, through no
1: fault of my own <laughs> may I add <laughs> But somewhere that we – I've definitely seen it and felt it uh, and that is in our supermarkets, Ren, where we've seen higher costs for so many of the – well, we've seen higher costs for products in supermarkets and if we think about why that's happening, it's because a lot of the inputs that go into creating the products in our supermarkets and getting our products onto the shelf, uh, they're becoming more expensive. Mm -hmm. Wheat, sugar, edible oils, meat – dairy, eggs, even freight supply chain.
2: I thought you were just going to talk about the cost of your edibles.
1: (laughs) No, no, not (laughs) true. All of these uh, key inputs have been experiencing rising prices. Mm. And so that's flowing through to the cost of uh, food on our shelves.
2: Yeah. So uh, in Australia, the investment bank, Baron Joey flagged mid to high single digit price increases uh, from major supermarket suppliers. So you know, that's sort of 4 to 5% up to 9% increases, uh, which is the highest in a decade. A number of major global packaged goods makers are passing on cost increases. So General Mills, which make a bunch of your cereals, costs are up 7%. Unilever, High Teens, uh, Mondelez, Kraft Heinz, they've all announced uh, sweeping price increases. Some of Kraft Heinz's prices have gone up as much as 20%. Wow. Like that's a big jump for, you know, wherever you are in the world, the UK, Australia, the US, we've seen massive price wars in food and we've seen prices go down over the past decade, especially as Aldi and Little just really take that competition to the next level. And for the first time in over a decade, we're seeing meaningful price increases for food. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Ren, uh, to kind of summarise all of that, we're seeing inflation come through because oil as an input if affects everything. It's going up in price. We know that COVID has had an impact on labour, so labour shortages is uh, mm. hurting... The great resignation. The great resignation. And commodity costs, which we just spoke about, everything that's going into our food is also experiencing price rises and flowing on to our consumer, uh, to us as consumers.
2: Yeah, so uh, if energy... Is, a pri- is an input into everything. Labor, you know, you've got to pay your workers more to get them to, do, to, to work for you. That's an input in basically everything. And then the commodities, the raw inputs that you use to make products. If all those three things are going up, it makes sense that we're seeing prices go up That's f- it. across the economy.
1: So then the question is, what is an investor to do? And we're going to answer that on the other side of this break. So let's take a quick one to hear from our sponsors. So, Ren, inflation, a lot of headlines, Uh, you know, it's something that we haven't necessarily experienced to this extent over the last few years as investors. Uh, So, that begs a question, I've just set up a portfolio, what should I be doing?
2: Let's talk about some of the major asset classes and how inflation affects them and then we have gone deep on uh, some of the best personal finance experts out there to talk about what we should do. Uh, But let's start with how inflation affects assets. So let's start with real estate, housing. As inflation goes up, as prices go up, the price of real estate goes up as well. Your dollar can buy less real estate in the same way it can buy less food from the supermarket. And so you see if you own real estate, you see prices go up as inflation goes up. That's a pretty simple one.
1: So let's talk about commodities, gold, for example. Uh, very similar to real estate. It's a hard asset. Price goes up as inflation goes up. Currency gets weaker, becomes more attractive. You can buy less of it. It goes up.
2: Yeah. Here's one that isn't going up, bonds. If you have a bond that pays you 1% and inflation goes up, then that bond becomes worth less because you're not even keeping up with inflation and- you're falling further and further behind as inflation goes higher and higher.
1: That leaves us with stocks, Ren, and it's not as simple as the others. It either goes up or it down. Da- it goes down because there are plenty of nuances within the stock market. So let's start with companies that have pricing power.
2: Yeah. So a company that can raise their prices in line with inflation, they do well. So a company like Transurban that runs all the toll roads in Australia or – you know, there's, uh, there's similar equivalents overseas. If they can rise their raise their prices because they're the only way for you to get from A to B, then they're going to be fine with inflation. They'll raise their prices and you'll still need you'll to drive on it. their road. Yes. But that then takes you to companies that don't have pricing power.
1: And they suffer. They suffer. Because they don't have the luxury of being able to ri- raise their prices given the competitive dynamic that they're in or the type of business that they run. We're not willing to pay for higher prices. Those companies are companies that you don't necessarily want to be too exposed to. Uh, for example, energy companies.
2: Yeah. In particular, companies that have like that. there's regulatory environments that cap price increases, uh, then you're in trouble. I think now... UK listeners, do your own research on this. But I think, like, UK, a lot of UK waterworks are publicly listed, but they're regulated in how much they can raise prices. Mm. So if you can only raise prices 2%, but inflation is 7%, that's a bad business to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So then we turn to the commodity producers that you can invest in. So I think your miners, your oil companies. Well, let's use oil as an example. We're seeing oil. Uh, you get more expensive, that's great for oil producers because the higher the price, the more revenue.
2: The more money they make. And so those, those that sell commodities at, at higher prices do well, but those that buy commodities at higher prices do poorly. So we mentioned a bunch of the packaged food makers, the Kraft Heinz, the General M- Mills, the Mondelez. They have to buy these f- these food commodities and they have to buy them at higher prices. And then they have to hope that they can pass those prices on, but they're gonna get pushback. And so they might not be able to pass all of the price increases on and they just have to wear that and that affects their profit. Mm. To sum up, you wanna find companies that have pricing power and can pass price rises on to whoever's buying whatever they're selling. And then if you're one of and then the companies that have to cop those price increases or can't pass price increases on they're the ones that struggle a little bit more.
1: So Ren, uh, you mentioned that we've collated a a bunch of information and advice from some of the best financial experts out there and we've done so because we got a bunch of questions come in via Instagram. That uh, that bordered on personal financial advice, so we're yeah. going to leave it to the experts. But though they were questions around, you know, should we buy inflation hedges, not garden hedges, if that's what you're uh, thinking? <laughs> what to do with the existing investments? How should I think about my portfolio and diversify? Do I stick long term? Think about ETF investment strategies. You know, all of those sorts of questions. Mm. Steer clear. Steer clear of um, tech. So we're going to take a look at what some of the pros are saying to help answer these concerns and questions.
2: Yeah, and then I'm going to finish with one of the worst pieces of advice of advices from the pros because we might not be able to give you specific advice, but I can sure as hell criticize this piece of advice. Sure. <laughs> uh, but the first piece of advice from an expert that we thought was an important reminder was be careful of holding too much cash. And that's from a, a financial planner over in the U.S., James Burton, who reminded us that we should have enough money to cover three to six months of living expenses. So that's your emergency fund. If you lose your job, you you want to have enough money in the bank that you're not, you know, you're not panicking that you've got an emergency fund in place. But that's it, according to James. The truth, uh, he says, it's tempting to keep a lot of money in cash because it feels secure. But the truth is it's not secure. It is likely to be eroded by inflation very significantly over time. So, have your emergency fund, but then any other money, make sure you're putting it in investments, in assets that at least keep up with inflation. So,
1: number two uh, is opt for stocks and TIPs, which are treasury inflation protected securities. A lot of jargon there. A lot of jargon. A lot of jargon. But it's a good strategy to to diversify across different types of investments. For instance, stocks more than bonds tend to keep up with inflation over time, as we just discussed. Also, consider different types of inflation-resistant fixed-income investments – uh, such as high-yielding bonds. Uh, so you may also want to reduce exposure to investments that are more sensitive to inflation. We've, so we've just touched on that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, this next one I think is probably the one of the most important ones and definitely one that how I'm living my investing life, which I've labelled don't just act your age, invest your age. This is from the head of personal finance at Morningstar over in the U.S. Uh, She talks about when you're under fifty, the bulk of your retirement portfolio should be in stocks, because the S and P 500, so America's major stock market index, has averaged nine and a half percent over the last twenty years. But basically, stocks, regardless of how inflation, what what is going on with inflation, stocks have been the best. Investment over the past 20 years, and you shouldn't panic too much if you're young and you should just stay the course, keep investing for the long term because inflation will go up and it will go down, but the economy will get more productive. Great companies will continue doing great things. That's probably if there's one takeaway from this episode, it's that yeah, it's that I might not look it, but I still am young and I've still <laughs> got time on my side.
1: Plenty of time if you're older. Uh, make sure that your fixed income products are inflation protected is the flip side of the coin.
2: Mm. So yeah, you've got to move as you get older, you've got to move to assets that pay you income uh, and that are a bit more safer and defensive. Um, But you don't want to, you don't want inflation to really take a chunk out of what you've saved for decades and what you've, you know, the nest egg that you've grown. So Mm. Speak to your financial advisor about what inflation-protected assets will pay you an income. Bryce doesn't want to get too deep down that rabbit hole, so I won't say anything more. Nice.
1: So, uh, number five, if you're going to invest in REITs, real estate investment trusts, inflation shouldn't be your only concern. The reason for this, real estate traditionally does well during periods of higher inflation, which we spoke about, as the value of property can increase. However, there are other considerations, especially post-COVID. Commercial real estate like office space and retail still have question marks. So REITs are usually not just exposed to residential property. In fact, very few are. Um, There's a lot of them that still have exposure or that are exposed to commercial real
2: estate. Yeah, real estate does well during inflation, but you've still got to analyze it as an investment. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the next one, uh, diversification. Inflation is just one more reason why it's important to have a well-diversified portfolio. If your investments are spread across different asset classes, geographies, and industries, it can help protect you from risk. That's from Alana Benson, an investing expert at NerdWallet. I have no idea what NerdWallet do. But I think that that's a really important point to stress. And if you think about at the start of this episode, we spoke about how inflation was 7% in the US and 3.5% in Australia. That geographic diversification is important.
1: Number seven is to consider value stocks in the consumer staples space, consumer staples being essentially supermarkets and all of those things that we need to buy to essentially stay alive. The reason being that as stocks generally hold up better during times of inflation, uh, as, we've, as we've spoken about. The reason consumer staples is a good space, food, energy, is because that during inflation, despite prices going up, we still need to buy these products. That's called inelastic. So we still need to go to the supermarket and buy products to stay alive and eat. And as such, supermarkets can have more pricing power and pass on those prices.
2: Uh, final one from a personal finance expert. Look to high quality companies that pay dividends and I think that's just an important reminder that however inflationary the environment is, however sensationalist the headlines are, those really great companies will be continue to be great regardless of what the moment is. And in the last 20 years, the, the really high quality companies that we all can think of, the Microsofts, the Googles, they've survived... Wars. They've survived a housing crisis. They've survived multiple market crashes. They've survived COVID. They'll survive inflation as well. They'll survive interest rates rising if they rise in the coming months. Quality is what matters as investors. And I think that's an important reminder. That's it.
1: So, Ren, you you left us with a cliffhanger at the top that you had uh, uh, the worst advice that you read. Let's close out.
2: One uh, personal finance expert, I'm going to say that should be in inverted commas, <laughs> uh, On C- in a CNBC article said cash was a good inflation hedge, that keeping your money in cash.
1: I just don't understand Which that. is
2: the whole reason that we worry about inflation yeah. is because cash gets worth less.
1: Silly, very silly how that got editorial. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's just inc- incredibly dumb and, that, and do not do that.
2: No personal advice but cash Getting Is not king or queen. You need in to have assets that keep up with inflation and cash does not keep up with inflation. I want to close it out with this question for you. Yeah. With all these headlines about inflation, chat about inflation in the equity mates Facebook group, are you doing anything different as an investor?
1: What I'm not doing is going in there and selling positions and changing portfolio composition based on all of the sort of scary headlines that are coming out. Happy with the companies I'm invested in. I'm happy with the portfolio that I've got. Yes, I'm taking a hit at the moment, as are a lot of people. But given my age, I think you know we've got a, an incredible time horizon in front of us. What I am doing is uh, taking a bit of a back seat when it comes to uh, investing in the market. I'm not being as active as I have been over the last few few months, few years, and that's because um, in times like this, I'm I'm just going to. Have a bit more cash on the side, which I know is
2: not what (laughs) what we
1: said, but there's a reason for that, and that's because uh, I want to be able to take advantage of some of the buying opportunities that are going to present themselves. I'm not hoarding cash for the sake of it being secure, if that makes sense. Okay. I know that's a bit contradictory, but I have intentions to put it in the market.
2: Yeah, you're holding cash because you think the stock market will go lower and yeah. you want to wait for the right buying opportunity.
1: Yeah. Not because I'm hoarding cash to, as a secure investment opportunity on its own. Yeah. Yeah. What about you?
2: Yeah, I'm the same. I have had some gold in my portfolio uh, for a while. I remember at one of our live shows, people laughed at me for having gold in the portfolio. Really? Yeah. You laughed at me. I'm pretty sure. But and really? then afterwards, someone, everyone on the panel didn't have any gold except for me. And then uh, someone in the crowd came up afterwards and was like, I have some gold in my portfolio as well. And I was like, respect. (laughs) But anyway, so I've got some gold. I have some real estate investment trusts. And then I've got a number of ETFs and companies and stuff like that. But for me, I'm just going to keep dollar cost averaging in. I'm not going to add any more gold or anything like that. I've got some crypto, but that's just – I don't even think about that in the same – Way some people think of crypto as an inflation hedge. I think of crypto as a punt. Unknown. yeah, as a as a gamble. No, for me, just keep getting more and more money into uh, the stock market and let it ride.
1: For more of an, a deep dive on inflation, the guys over at Comedian V Economist have been unpacking it. Uh, so check out that's another podcast in the Equity Mates Media stable. But otherwise, Ren, it's been great to chat as always and uh, we will pick it up again next week.
2: Sounds good.
0: Get Started Investing is a product of Equity Bates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Get Started Investing are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Get Started Investing acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.